What's good, y'all? What's good, y'all? This your boy, 13th Disciple, 13TH, a.k.a. the Young John the Baptist. You know what it is. Grab your Bible, grab your pad, grab your pen, grab your highlighter. We're about to dive into this gospel, and you're about to get this work. It's time for another episode of Disciple Me. Let's go! y'all let's get it today we're going to be talking about the humanity of the christ there's three parts that make up the trinity god the father the son and the holy ghost and the one we're going to expound on today and talk about is the son the human visible tangible image of god and then we're going to be talking about the third part of the trinity which is the holy ghost and why we need the Holy Ghost so desperately because you and I are a spirit being that live in a body and we have a soul and therefore we need the Holy Ghost to help us on this journey because we can't do things in our own human strength. There's no way you can fight temptation. There's no way I can fight temptation in my own human strength. I need the Holy Ghost. So we're gonna be talking about how Jesus was human. He was a human, tangible, visible image of God and then the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove after John the Baptist baptized him and then he was able to handle temptation and then his ministry started. So you and I have to understand on this Christian walk, we can't do it in our own human strength. We need the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk about two parts of the Trinity, the Son and the Holy Ghost. I want you to go to John chapter 1 verse 1 through 14 and the New Living Translation. And it reads, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human. I want you to circle and I want you to highlight that part. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. All right, y'all, so let's break this thing down. What you're seeing here in this passage, it says, so the Word became human. John was giving a description of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ to proclaim the Lord's coming and to let people know, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what he says in this passage again, he says, so the Word became human. God wrapped himself in flesh, took on the form of a human being and walked this earth and 
lived a sinless life for you and I to be able to have an example of how to be able to walk this walk in this human body. All right, so that's the first passage I want you to see. The word became human. God took on the form of a human being and walked this earth and lived a sinless life to give you and I an example of who we can depend on, who we can call on, who we can look to to be able to help us with our struggles and our temptations that we go through on a daily basis because Jesus was human and you and I are human. And if he was able to pass certain temptations and pass certain tests, then we can look to him for strength. We can look to him for help. All right, y'all, let's continue to read. I want you to go to the book of Philippians, chapter two, verse six through eight in the New Living Translation. And it reads, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. I want you to circle that part. He was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is another passage where you're seeing God now wrap himself in flesh, take on the form of a human being. This passage right here lets us know again, Jesus was not only God, he was also human. We're talking about the humanity of the Christ, y'all. Let's continue to read. I want you to go to Colossians chapter one, verse 15 and the New Living Translation. Let's read. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Let's continue to read. I want you to go to Matthew chapter one, verse 23 and the New Living Translation. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. All right, y'all, so what you're seeing in all these passages, you're seeing that Jesus is the human tangible, visible image of God. He is a second part of the Trinity, y'all. And he was human and you and I are human. And Jesus had the spirit come upon him as we're about to read. And as the spirit came upon him, then he was able to go forth and do miracles, signs and wonders. Then he was able to deal with temptation when Satan was tempting him. Then his ministry started. You can't do anything. I can't do anything without the third part of the Trinity, which is the Holy Ghost, y'all. Let's continue to read some more. We're gonna talk now about how Jesus had the spirit come upon him and then he was able to face temptation and then ministry started. I want you to go to Matthew chapter three, verse 13 through 17 and the New Living Translation. Let's read. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. 
right, y'all. So what you're seeing here is John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And after he baptized Jesus, the spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. So Jesus being human, the second part of the Trinity now has the third part of the Trinity fall upon him. Now, because he's equipped with the Holy Spirit, now his ministry can start. Now he can be able to cast out demons. Now he can be able to heal. Now he can be able to go forth and be able to battle temptation and go toe to toe with the enemy. Maybe the reason you and I keep falling into temptation, maybe the reason you and I are struggling on our Christian walk is because we're trying to do it without the third part of the Trinity, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the one that gives us the power, which is the one that Jesus sent to be able to help us because you and I cannot do it in our own human nature. The humanity of the Christ, he needed the Holy Ghost to fall upon him for him to do anything, y'all. We can't do anything apart from the Holy Spirit, y'all. Let's continue to read. I wanna talk real quick about how Jesus is now about to face temptation, but notice he does not face temptation and pass some tests, except first, the Spirit came upon him, the third part of the Trinity. I want you to go to Matthew chapter four, verse one through 11 in the New Living Translation. Let's read. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So what you're noticing first is, is that Jesus goes on a 40 day fast. Now he was able to do that, not in his own human strength, he was able to do that because the spirit descended upon him first before he even fasted y'all. And before he even went up against temptation with the enemy, he was fasting, which gave him the strength to be able to fight the enemy back. And the way he fought Satan back was through scripture. So not only did he need the Holy Spirit to come upon him because he was human, but he also needed to make sure that he had some word on the inside of him. For you and I to fight temptation, we need the Holy Ghost, but we also need to have some word on the inside of us. Notice that every time that Satan tried to tempt Jesus, every single time he comes back and says, it is written, the scriptures say, it is written, the scriptures say, it is written, the scriptures say. He would always quote scripture to battle the enemy. So you and I, we have to make sure we're studying the word. When I was younger, I used to study scriptures all the time. I used to study scriptures to make sure that whatever I was being tempted with, I would have a scripture to fight back. 
So when I was younger, I struggled with pornography. I struggled with sexual immorality, smashing a bunch of chicks. I struggled with weed. I struggled with a lot of stuff, y'all. And so what I would do, I would go on Google and I would find scriptures about the things that I struggled with. And I would find scriptures about self-control and all types of things that was hurting me on my Christian walk. And I would read these scriptures. And every time a thought came in my mind, look at that website. Every time a thought would come in my mind, call this girl, go smash. Every time a thought came into my mind, I would quote scriptures and say, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. I want to encourage you to get in the word in this season, because when those thoughts come knocking in your mind and they start coming back and you're like, man, like I really want to go back and do what I was doing before. You got to have some word in you so you can fight back. The scriptures say it is written. You have to make sure you stay in your word so you can be able to fight back. Jesus was able to fight Satan back because he had the Holy Ghost, the third part of the Trinity, give him the power, that dunamis power, to be able to fight temptation, but he also had some word on the inside of him as well to be able to respond back to the temptations of the enemy. All right, y'all, I want you to go to the scripture real quick. I want you to go to Zechariah chapter four, verse six, in the King James Version, and it reads, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. All right, y'all. So what you're seeing there is in Zechariah, he's letting us know it ain't by my might, it ain't by my power, it ain't by my strength. It's by the spirit of the Lord. If you're trying to fight pornography, if you're trying to fight masturbation, if you're trying to be celibate and wait till marriage, if you're trying to stop smoking weed, if you're trying to stop drinking alcohol, if you're trying to break generational curses in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. It's not by our might nor by our power. It's the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how many times I tried to overcome certain things on my Christian walk in my own strength. Oh, I'll be good for like three weeks. Oh, I'll be good for like a month. Then the next time I know I'm on that website again. Why? Because I'm trying to do things in my own human strength. You and I, we have to fast. You and I, we have to stay in God's presence. You and I, we need the Holy Ghost, the third part of the Trinity, because the second part, which we are made up of, which is the human form, which Jesus was human, needs the Holy Ghost. Y'all, we can't fight this fight without the Holy Ghost. You and I, we have to continue to ask God, God, Help us, help us. We need your spirit, help us. This walk ain't easy, y'all. That's why I make these videos to encourage y'all so y'all can continue to push and don't give up on your walk, man. I wanna speak to you right now who's out there. You feel discouraged, you feel defeated, you feel like, man, you know what I'm saying? I keep falling into the same temptations over and over again. Don't give up, don't quit, don't throw in the towel. Don't go backwards, man. Just hold on and rely on the Holy Spirit and say, God, I need your help. It ain't, it, it ain't easy, I need your help. So whatever you're dealing with anxiety, whatever you're dealing with mental concerns, whatever you're dealing with temptations, with smoking, drinking, sex, whatever, yo, you need the Holy Ghost to help you. So to say, Holy Ghost, help me. Holy Ghost, help me. Sometimes you have to boast in your weaknesses. Sometimes in my prayer time, I'm just boasting in my weaknesses for the power of Christ to rest upon me, for the Holy Spirit to help me because I can't do it on my own. You have to cry out in prayer time. I need you, Holy Ghost. I need you, third part of the Trinity, because I am made up of the second part of the Trinity, which is humanity. I'm human. And because I'm human, I need the Holy Ghost, y'all. You need the Holy Ghost, y'all. Ask God to fill you. 
even right now, as you're watching this video, ask God to fill you. If you've never encountered God, if you've never experienced the Holy Ghost, just set an atmosphere in your room, put on some worship music and ask God, God, fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit because it's not by my might nor by my power. It's not by my strength, but it's by your spirit that I'm gonna be able to fight this walk and be able to live this life that you want me to live. All right, y'all, so in your own time, I want you to read Judges chapter 16, verse four through 22 in the New Living Translation. And then I want you to also read Romans chapter seven, verse seven through 25 in the New Living Translation. So in the book of Judges chapter 16, verse four through 22 and the New Living Translation, what you'll notice is Samson, he is physically strong and he's trying to fight in his own strength against the Philistines. And because he's trying to fight in his own strength, he winds up getting his eyes plucked out and he loses his vision. What you have to understand is his hair was symbolic of God's presence. His hair was symbolic of the spirit of God. And when Delilah cut his hair, the spirit left him, God's presence left him, and therefore he had no strength to be able to fight against the Philistines because the spirit had left him. So that lets me know that he was trying to fight in his own human strength. He was trying to fight temptation. He was trying to fight whatever may be coming your way and his own human strength. And because the spirit had left him, he failed. Because the spirit had left him, he got defeated. That lets me know right there in that passage, once the spirit leaves you, once God's presence is no longer on you, you will not be able to stand up against the enemy, y'all. We are human, the second part of the Trinity, and we need the Holy Ghost, which is the third part of the Trinity, y'all. Now we also have to talk about Paul in Romans chapter seven, verse seven through 25 in the New Living Translation. Because what you're seeing here is Paul is now wrestling. He says, the things I do, I don't. The things I don't, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. I used to read this passage over and over and over again until I could try to figure out what he was talking about. Because I was reading the King James Version when I first got saved and I'm reading this and I'm like, that which thou a lot now and that which do thou business. I'm like, what is he talking about, bruh? And so I started reading other version. And what Paul was saying is every time I try to do the right thing, all of a sudden my humanity, my flesh gets in the way and I don't wind up doing what I actually wanna do. This is a battle between our spirit and our human nature, our sinful nature. Until the day that you and I die, this is going to be a fight. The enemy might leave us alone for a couple of weeks, but he will be back to knock at the door. And if you and I are not strong spiritually and we're not feeding our spirit, we're gonna continue to give in over and over and over again. So through this camera, I break generational curses. Through this camera, whatever you're struggling with, I break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. You've been struggling with porn lately, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. You've been struggling trying to give up cigarettes or weed, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. You've been struggling with alcohol, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. Everything you've been battling with, it will no longer have you bound. I break Break that thing off of you right now in Jesus' name. All right, y'all. So we have a few more verses to go over. I want you to go to James chapter 5, verse 16 in the New Living Translation. And it reads, Confess your sins to each other 
and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. All right, y'all, so let's break down that passage. What James is saying to us as believers, he says, man, I don't want you to be in bondage. I don't want you to be struggling on the church week after week saying hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, singing worship songs, but really be at home privately struggling on your Christian walk because you have no one to confess to. He says, confess your sins towards one another and be healed. The problem is, is that we're confessing our sins or we're confessing our struggles to people that don't relate to us that don't understand our weaknesses and therefore we don't wind up being healed we wind up being more wounded and more damaged than we were before we opened up our mouths a lot of us were bound and we're struggling because we try to confess to somebody that we thought could hold us accountable but instead they judged us Instead, they looked at us like we were horrible. Instead, they looked at us like, man, I don't think I want to mess with you. You have to use wisdom and discernment and you have to ask the Holy Spirit, who can I confess to? Who can I talk to? It's not God's will for you to stay bound and struggling. You need someone to talk to, but you have to use wisdom and you have to ask God, who can I go to that I can relate to, that I can talk to, that understands my weaknesses? I know someone that can be able to talk to you if you can't talk to a human being. I know someone named Jesus that you can confess to, that you can keep it authentic with, and that you can be real with. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, and the New Living Translation. Let's read. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do. I want you to park right there, and I want you to highlight, and I want you to circle that part. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. All right, y'all. So what you're seeing here is that Jesus, our high priest, he understands our weaknesses. He went through the same testings, the same temptations that we do as human beings. The humanity of the Christ, the second part of the Trinity. Jesus was human. He was a human, tangible, visible image of God. And he went through the same testings that you and I did. God is a spirit. So he says, in order for me to relate to my creation, which are human beings, I need to become one of them. I need to become like them. I need to go through the same testings and same trials as they do. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Jesus got hungry. Jesus got tired. Jesus got frustrated at his disciples multiple times. Jesus was human. These are human emotions that Jesus went through, y'all. And he went through the same stuff that you and I go through. So we can come boldly to him and be like, look, God, I'm struggling with porn. Look, God, I'm struggling. I'm trying to be celibate. I need your help. Look, God, like I really want to cuss this person out at my job. Look, God, like I really, oh, God, like I'm really going through right now. I need your help. And he is ready and able to help you and to help myself 
because he understands what it's like to be human. Jesus was human and he needed the third part of the Trinity, just like you and I. He needed the Holy Ghost, y'all. I y'all. So there are two types of baptisms. There's the baptism unto repentance, which John the Baptist came with when he baptized with water. But then there's a second baptism, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which Jesus was now gonna come on the scene and baptize people with the Holy Ghost. Let's read Matthew chapter three, verse 11 through 12 in the New Living Translation. And it reads, I baptize with water, those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never ending fire. I want us to also read Acts chapter 19, verse one through seven. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So what you're seeing, y'all, is that John the Baptist came and he baptized with water for the remission of sins, for repentance. But he said there's one that's going to come after Jesus, the human form, Jesus, the second part of the Trinity. He was going to come and baptize people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And as we look in the book of Acts, you saw that the people never even heard about the Holy Spirit, which means they had no fire on their lives, which means they had no power in their lives to be able to live this Christian walk until hands were laid upon them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Then and only then were they able to have the power to be able to live this Christian walk. My prayer for you is that you receive the Holy Spirit my prayer for you through this camera is that the Holy Spirit will fall upon you in the room even as you're watching this. As you're playing worship music in your room, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you and that you might walk in power, that you might walk in dominion, that you might walk in authority. In Jesus' name. Alright y'all, make sure you're clicking that like button, make sure you're clicking that subscribe button, and share the gospel y'all, share the Disciple Me podcast, let people know what we're doing. This your boy 13th Disciple, 13TH, aka the Young John the Baptist, you know what it is, till next time, go make disciples, let go!